Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of At Issue. I'm your host, Dennis Beverly. I welcome back to the program John Cross, the president and CEO of the Hardin County Chamber and Business Alliance. John, welcome back, sir. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you very Happy much. Happy belated that. Easter. Yeah, isn't that great? Hard to believe here we're into April now, right? Our, First our grass is green, and it was 75 degrees on Easter weekend. It was lovely. Gotta love it. And, of course, a colder weekend. But, hey, you take yeah. the good with the bad, don't That's you? That's right. It'll get better, right? That's right. Uh, John is here today to talk about uh, the land bank program. And, and, and John, I guess just to uh, people may have read the article and they know what we're talking about. And as soon as we say land bank program, maybe others don't. I want to ask you, what is that program all about? Sure. Last, uh, uh, I think last Friday or uh, you know, a couple Fridays ago before Easter, uh, there were two articles written in the Kenton Times. One was a, uh, both articles came from one meeting that we had at the county commissioners about a land bank program. Uh, Jacqueline Fitzgerald, who's our community development director at the Chamber of Business Alliance, and I learned about new legislation that changed the requirements for counties to start land banks. A land bank program is basically a a, a, a program that is formed by the commissioners in a county with a kind of a governance board, and it allows us to uh, go after state funding to help with blighted properties and blighted areas throughout the county. Mm -hmm. Basically, we're trying to help our local municipalities and our villages with funding because a lot of our uh, local uh, governments, our, our cities and our villages, have limited funding. And I know, uh, for example, in the city of Kenton, They've used some of their money in the general funds to help tear down properties that have been foreclosed on or eyesores of the community that may be hurting real estate values and areas. And I give them a lot of credit for doing that, but they can only do so much because of funding. Obviously, they have, they've, have to have funding for their police and their fire operations and all the good things that they're doing. So we had a meeting earlier in the year to, with all of our mayors and commissioners to have the folks who created the legislation uh, to talk about the land bank. They changed the legislation to allow counties with less than 60,000 population have an opportunity to go after funding. There's going to be about $100 million of funding this next round that counties in, the, in Ohio can have opportunity to chase. And certainly, we wanted to bring this before the commissioners to see if this is a good idea. It, it, you know, not all money is free money. It is challenging to, to write grants and to get money. So I, I, I will give credit where it's credit due, when you have to really make sure that if you want to work a program that uh, our county and our cities are, are not losing money or time or energy trying to obtain funding to do this. Mm -hmm. Last Friday, we had a, a conversation where I believe our commissioners were, were a little skeptical of the program. Our prosecutor and our treasurer did some research and, and they, were, they were hesitant about the program. And that really gave me an opportunity in that same meeting to get on my soapbox and really have the conversation we've always wanted to be having is if, if we don't um, do the land bank program or if we don't do other programs, what can we do to help improve our community? And that's where the second article um, that was written uh, by Dan Robinson and talking mm -hmm. about changing the culture in Hardin County. Mm -hmm. So that's just to let the audience know from that meeting and that setting, um, it, it really gave us a good opportunity to have 
I thought, a, a tough but honest conversation about the state of the county, where we're at, and where we want to go. What are you hearing from the commissioners then as, as the reason why they might be against this? Well, I think in, in anything, I think um, you have to do your due diligence to make sure that, the, that they can sustain the program. It's not costing the county money to go after money. It's not causing any additional taxes or funding or you have to hire someone. So there's, there's a lot of legitimate um, reasons that you have to look whether you can or can't. Um, I know a lot of counties in Hardin County that have, or excuse me, a lot of counties in the state of Ohio that have less than 60,000 are looking at this program. And we certainly are looking. This meeting we just had this past Thursday of this week with the commissioners, we, we tried to provide them uh, more information about the land bank program. Um, but it ultimately comes down to, even if we don't do the land bank program, Many communities throughout Ohio have blighted properties. We have blighted areas. Mm -hmm. The economy was pretty pretty rough over the last several years. Um, homes are getting older. And so, um, you know, communities look a little different than what they used to. And so we're trying to find ways to fix our communities up because there are so much positive investments happening in the Hardin County. Dennis, if you think about the major corridors into Kenton, Ohio, to the north of us, we built a $30 million brand new elementary school. To the south of us, we had a $70 million uh, investment by International Paper on their expansion. The 68 industrial corridor has grown. There's a set 6 to $7 million new corporate headquarters by Mid-Ohio Energy being cooperative being developed on the, on the west side of town. On the east side, you have the hospital and all the great renovations they've done and the 67 retail corridor. All the major entrances into Kenton, as one example, has had tremendous amount of positive growth, new job creation, and major investments coming into this community. But when you get into the community, you start seeing blighted properties and houses run down. And it, it, does, that, does that look match the reflection of those new investments? And so ultimately, when I move back home here, the mission and the focus and the vision of the Chamber and Business Alliance was really to build a model community. We, we want to build a model community in Northwest Ohio where people outside of Hardin County are looking to us as the leaders of our community, looking to us as ways of things to increase the workforce pipeline, increase new investments. And, and that has happened. As you know, and we've talked about several times, over the past two years, we've had $200 million and over of new investments and over 500 new jobs created in the county. And we're certainly heading in the right direction. What we're doing now is we're having a tough conversation with our elected officials, our community members, our business leaders. It's time to change the culture in Hardin County. Just because we've done things the way we've done them the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years doesn't mean that we have to do it the same way the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. When you ask a community to change the culture, you're challenging the status quo. And anytime you challenge the status quo, you're going to ruffle feathers. And that article and that paper to talk about changing the culture certainly, uh, I think, ruffled feathers in a positive way. We've had a ton of phone calls, emails, text messages saying, John, thank you for saying the obvious. Thank you for saying the tough comments because 99.9% .9 of us in this community, we all think that. 
Mm-hmm. And we're not here to tell people to leave. We're not here to tell them to go to another county. What we're saying is we want to instill more community pride. And that means I have to lead. I've got to lead that Chamber Business Alliance. I need our mayors to lead our communities. I need our council members to lead. I need our commissioners to lead. Because if we don't lead, the people of our community are going to go look for new people to lead. And I think we have a new set of elected officials and community business leaders, not by age, but, but, but you know, just a new spirit and a new outlook of how you have to lead in a community. And I think we have the right people, and we're just trying to capitalize on the ways we go about it. So I know, I know my comments in that paper, and I encourage people to read. Go read the article uh, from last Friday. And, and, and I think, um, yes, our comments and our tone and tenor were tough, but um, I think it, it sends a message that we're, we're ready to do things different. And I hope that people will follow us and join us to try to make a change in our community. But you have to be fairly happy. Yes, tough tone, but you're still talking. Absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, we, we certainly don't want to think that, that that meeting was bad because I tell you, everyone walked out of that meeting energized. Mm-hmm. The commissioners were pretty pumped up, the treasurer, the prosecutor. You know, I think they realized that we have to put political jurisdictions aside just because you're a commissioner doesn't mean you can't talk to the mayor. Because you're mayor doesn't mean you can't talk to other communities. We all got to work together. And, and, I, and I think that's happening more and more and more. We're not going to change the culture overnight, but I think what we're trying to do is set a precedent. So in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, when my sons become older, they can look back and say, you know, Dennis, John, the whole, the whole shooting match in Hardin County, they did a lot of work. And they slugged through to change the culture, but we're better for it today. And I even, I even see, I, you see it in education, mm-hmm. how education has involved with workforce development, career pathways. It's no longer just about college prep, but, but getting kids excited about various industries and workforce. They have tremendous opportunities after graduation that you and I did not have. So that in itself has changed a, a culture of the way our schools uh, operate. We've got great schools, great teachers, and they're doing things different. And so it's good to see some things evolve like that. I just think generally a community uh, culture changes we're, we're due for that. Yeah. And you talk about change, John, put yourself in a position of an elected official. If they make a decision forcing change, they have to answer to their constituents. So you're approaching this both ways. You want education yep. for the constituents, yep. for the voters to say, Hey, this is good for everybody. That's right. Risk and reward. Mm-hmm. You know, we certainly can't be afraid to make decisions. We can't say, well, let's wait till other counties do it first, and then we'll see if we want to do it. Let's be the first to do something. Let us be something. You know, th- That's what I feel people have asked me to come back here and do. I- I'm not going to come back here and do things the way we've done in the past just to satisfy needs. We were challenging our elected officials. So, for example, let's talk about issues. What, everything from parking downtown to sidewalks to people's homes and garbage pickup, all these things, you know, we certainly can look at, you know, uh, what has been done in the past. For example, when Taco Bell, the new Taco Bell franchise was developed here, um, I don't think there were plans in the books to put a sidewalk in. Right. It didn't make any sense. And I think it was other businesses who went to them and said, hey, you know, would you mind putting a sidewalk in so our our consumers and you know people uh, walking around have a you know chance to walk? 
you know, to, we've always talked about downtown parking. A lot of it's common sense, too. And I'm not, I'm not, I hope I'm not bouncing around too much for you or the audience, but, but even when we talk about downtown parking, common sense, we, we, don't, we can't expect our business owners to park in front of their businesses and then, and then complain about parking. We can't expect people who work eight hours a day at the courthouse to park in front of our businesses and not move their cars and allow more parking for downtown. Those are simple common sense things that, that is a culture change. Mm-hmm. Putting in sidewalks when you're doing develop, you know, boarded up windows. Now, I will tell you that I did talk to the city attorney, and, and in my comments, I used the boarded up windows as a good example. There's 157 boarded up or broken windows in, in downtown Kenton. And there's ordinances in the books that say if you don't fix those, you could be, you know, you could get fines. Well, some of those, from what I've been told, have been grandfathered in, and they're still boarded up. Okay, great, but why don't we take the community initiative to just fix up your windows for the good of the order, mm-hmm. not because the law tells you what to do. And, and for those mayors and councils, if you've got to have the right laws, enforce the laws. If you need laws to get better things, write laws. Dennis, when I was living in California, I lived in a home, uh, HOA, a homeowners association. Sometimes can be pesky, but the homeowners association rules are theirs to protect the development, protect real estate values. What we're trying to do is all this new investment coming into our community, we want to protect the investment dollars of those businesses, but we also want to protect the investment of your house, Dennis, my house, all of our listeners' homes. If you have a wonderful home and the home beside you is torn down and dilapidated, it's going to lower your value. It's going to lower your sales value to try to sell. And it's a perception when people come through Kenton and they come into Hardin County. This could be properties in the county. This could be properties in villages and cities. They're, they're, they're looking at what we, what we have and what we don't. And so perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I drive people around, investors around all the time, and we show them all the good things. And and sometimes, you you know, you just, you hope they don't see an eyesore here, an eyesore there. But that's that's communities all over the country. It, it is, it is. You, you could go to Finley, Lima, Columbus. We, But what we're trying to do is say, hey, you know, a little soap and water, a little can of paint, a little leadership goes a long way into changing the culture. But here's the thing, isn't it? We're talking about blighted properties, right. and I can guarantee a number of listeners right now in their minds know exactly the areas that we're talking about. Sure. They're pretty pretty out there. To, I mean, you can't dismiss them. That's right. If we see them, those who are coming in, driving around with you, yeah, they're seeing them too. They're absolutely seeing them. And, and But you know what? I also notice those properties that have been fixed up. I've noticed just in the last week there's been a couple properties that you thought, boy, they're ready to be torn down and they're done and out. Someone has bought them. They put new siding on, new roofing, a little a little coat of paint, and my gosh, it looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. So even so, you know this 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 is not a negative uh, conversation. That we want to try to create more positives from this. And and certainly we've shaken the tree a little bit in having these conversations. Let's talk about. Landlords mm-hmm. and investment properties. You know, some people said, "John, you know, we've we how do we how do we solve that?" And I think that there has to be responsibility from our landlords renting. I mean, there's there's a great need for housing in our community. There's a great need for rental properties that are turnkey, that that professionals and people need to have housing in our community. And I think our landlords need to be just as accountable 
uh, of who they rent to. If you if you're going to rent to someone who's going to tear your property up, and 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 cause it to be a blighted property, that's not helping your investment. We want to protect your investment. We want you to to rent to people who are going to take care of that property. And so you know if if they're not, we're really trying to tell the city and and the, and the villages enforce the laws. Send them a letter. Tell them they're 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 out of line. If you got ten couches lining up in your yard, you've got three junk cars that have been sitting there for 190 days. It's the simple things, and we're certainly not asking people you got to go renovate your homes. You got to fix this, fix that. Is we're just drawing attention to this because there's so much good things taking place that we want the community pride to match the investment pride that's taking place in Hardin County. Yeah, and ultimately, the landlord is the one responsible, obviously. So before you rent your property out, you definitely should know who you're renting to. I yeah. Mean, that's the I bottom mean, line. And I think in that article, the way it was written, obviously my comments were, you know, controlled investment. You certainly can't control investment. Right. You can't control who comes into your communities to invest. But you certainly can have a lot of community pride and a lot of, uh, you can't be a lawless community. If you're a lawless community, and we're not talking violence and drugs, we're talking if you're not following the ordinances and those ordinances aren't being enforced, people are going to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the reason why we're involved, why, why is the Chamber of Business Alliance involved? Because economic development, community development, tourism, chamber, that is has everything to do with what we do on a daily basis from helping small businesses owner grow their business, large industry locate here. You know, you know the thing people talk about, John, when do we get the next restaurant? When do we get the next this? And that's been a long conversation we've had. And my own culture changed to my leadership styles. I'm not looking for the restaurant. I'm looking for the investor who will bring the restaurant in. Because if you want a Panera Bread to come here or pick it, for all the listeners out there, pick your favorite restaurant. Close your eyes and think about what yummy breakfast place sounds good today. Whatever you think of, it's going to take someone with money and capital to start that. If it's a franchise, we talked about Hothead Burritos was one good example a year and a half ago. They were looking at the Kenton market and still are. If someone's willing to put up $300,000 worth of capital and investment to start that franchise, you'll get that franchise here. If you want a Panera Bread, you want this or you want that, it's the investor. And so what we're trying to do is chase the investor. So Dennis, when we bring those investors to the community, what are they looking at? They're looking at our community, mm-hmm. the new jobs, the industry, the, the, the neighborhoods, because they're thinking, will these people spend money at my store? But the tide is turning, isn't it? Absolutely. Right now, the positives are starting to... Oh, well, the positives the... outweigh the negatives. Yeah. And like I said, from that article, there in this community... I tell you, there's a lot of community pride here. We wear it on our sleeves. We wear it on our shirts from sports and schools and everything. Um, but what we're what we're is we're identifying how we're trying to lead differently. And I think we're also putting our elected officials on notice. If you will lead and you can do your job, we'll support you. We'll be right there behind you. But you just can't say no to us. It's, if you keep saying no to ideas and you don't have any of your own ideas, in business that doesn't work. If you have a a management team that comes in and says, John, we have this problem, this problem, this problem. And if I'm the business owner or the leader of that business, I say, well, what's your solution? And they don't have a solution, that's probably not a good team member. I want folks that have solutions. And so we need 
our elected officials not just to say no, but to have solutions to enhance our community and, and, and generate that culture change. A lot of people are caught up, aren't they, in the microwave solution. They want results now, sure. which is great. You can get maybe that in some places, but it might take some time. It takes time. You have but, to start somewhere. But, you know, lucky, how lucky for us that in just in two years we've had $200 million of new investment, mm-hmm. of which probably the past four years to get there. And so I would say, hey, we're, we're on the path of success here. And I generally think everyone feels the same way. And I certainly apologize. To, you know, I stand by my comments. But for those who, who did not like my tone and tenor, you know, um, uh, it's, it, 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 it's um, it, I just say I got to stand by those comments. I, I can't say I, I'm sorry that I'm going to change the way I, I think and lead. But I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to generate excitement. We're trying to get people excited and fired up. And if you feel the way I do, you know, write a letter to the editor, get involved, call our office, meet with your elected officials, put put them in a position of of sparking that change too. Because I can certainly tell one person in this community is not going to solve the world or, or change the problems of today. It takes a a complete countywide team effort, and I think I think we're getting there. Yeah, and I, and I like the way you put it the future generations can look back at this generation and say, hey, they made the right decisions. We can't say that, can we? We look back at some of the past generations and thought, what were they thinking? That's right. And, 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 and absolutely. And, and sometimes they made decisions back then that, that actually worked for us today. You know, I, I, uh, one example, and, 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 and some people might think I'm wrong with this, but when they made the decision, the Kenton City Schools made a decision to buy the property that they did, people thought, oh my goodness, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Well, now it's not in the middle of nowhere. Our community has grown around that. And so you're going to see future development down Morningside Drive. That whole area has basically allowed Kenton to grow. And so I think what you're seeing is is a community that is growing beyond their borders. Awesome. And the challenge to that is, is to financially keep up with it because infrastructure costs cost money, expansion costs money. And so anytime we're, we're growing, there are growing pains. But, but if we have all these dollars coming in, we want people to move to Kenton. We don't want the next plant manager, the CEO, to live in Lima, Finley, Marysville. We want them to come here. We understand it's too easy to be 30 minutes from somewhere. Remember, folks, there are 750,000 people within a 45-mile radius of Hardin County. That is a huge plus for us. Mm-hmm. And there's some, some downsides to that because it's too easy for, to, to get somewhere these days. So we have to be competitive. Yeah, and I think about uh, the distance between Marysville and Columbus back in my day. It seemed like that was the longest part of your drive. It, they're now connected almost. <laughs> they're almost a suburb. <laughs> they really are. And, and, and hey, we're, we're, we're a distant suburb mm-hmm. to the Columbus market. We're a distant suburb to the Toledo market. I mean, in, in San Diego, I was 45 minutes to downtown San Diego. I was still part of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 it is, we're very much in the radar. Uh, and, and so, therefore, people in Columbus are paying attention to Hardin County. Believe it or not, people in Toledo are paying attention to Hardin County. It's the best deal in the world. I, I bought my house here. The cost of living is wonderful. And I'm 45 minutes to Columbus. I'm 30 minutes to to other communities. We have the best deal 
in Northwest Ohio. Great schools, great teachers, great industry, great jobs, a great community. It's the best deal going. And I think we can't not let afford our guard down and we cannot afford to let our community go backwards. It's going forwards. And so that's the culture change. And I think people are with us. But like I said, Dennis, anytime you challenge the status quo, it's a, not an easy road. It is an uphill battle, but that's the battle we're, we're, we're willing to take. So bring it home for us, John, before I let you get out of here. What would you encourage people to do, how, how they get involved, uh, and, and things like that here? For you know, so I, I, I want to kind of eat my own words here. We have to have solutions. We're asking people who have good ideas to bring those ideas before your city council, before your commissioners. One of the ideas that we'll maybe toss around to the commissioners is maybe we have a free dump day where the county dump is open and it doesn't cost residents to take things to the dump. Um, you know, it's, it's small ideas like that that go a long way to, to helping a community. Uh, you know, there are groups that do Habitat for Humanity. You know, when they take groups for Habitat for Humanity to different states, how about Habitat for Hardin County? L let's, let's do some volunteer work here within our county. Let's help our veterans who might not be able or are disabled who might not be able to, to move something off their porch that we'll go out and help them out. And I think you got a lot of people willing to do those. So I think what we're asking is the community to step up with us. Don't don't look for your, your government and your elected officials and your chamber business alliance to do it all. Help us. We'll help you. We'll get, if you got a great idea, let us try to help you get behind your idea and make that come to fruition. So let your voice be heard. Absolutely. And you might just have the next best idea. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate your time this morning. I, I appreciate the listeners. And, I, you know, this is uh, a sensitive issue, but it's something that we have to get out in front of. And we can't be quiet about it. It's not a one article and we're done. I think, I think you know, as I told people on my Facebook page, the honeymoon is over. You know, I spent the last year and a half here and we've got a lot of good things done, but it is time to dig in and keep going and working hard. I mean, we can't let hard work be an excuse. We can't let uh, a reactionary uh, type of environment be our excuse. Let's get ahead of the program. Let's get ahead of, of our, uh, our other counties. And I can tell you, we met with Logan in Union County yesterday. Uh, and they said, wow, you guys were so amazed at all the good things that are happening in Hardin County. Uh, people are noticing, and that's a good feeling. I don't have to be the last word. John Cross, president and CEO of the Hardin County Chamber and Business Alliance. Last word for this show, but I'm sure you'll come back. Right? I, I, hey, this is a, Hardin County is a great place to live, work, and prosper, and we stand by that. Come back and visit again, won't you? Thanks, Dennis.